సహనావతు సహనౌనక్తు సహవీర్యంకరవాహై తేజస్వినవధీతమస్తు మా విద్విషావహై ఇట్ ఈస్ ఆల్వేస్ ఇన్ ది జాస్ ఆఫ్ ద డెత్ 
The body, mortal body such as this, lasya amrutasya, asarirasya, atmana, adhishthana. Adhishthana is a seat of the atma, the self, that itself is asarira, is unembodied, amruta, immortal. It is a seat, all the locus of manifestation of the atma, that is altogether of the opposite attributes, opposite nature. But the body is mortal, the atma that manifests the body is immortal. But the body is body, the atma that manifests is unembodied. And these two characters are being told here, I mean, everywhere, atma is vilakshana, altogether of the lakshana's characteristics that are quite opposite to the characteristics of body. <coughs> So this is a very important thing. The body serves a very important purpose. Whatever be the nature of body, it is mortal, always under the jaws of death, constantly dying, whatever it is. It is impure, it is, you know. So you can say whatever you want to say about the body. But the most important purpose it serves is, it is the locus of manifestation of Atma. So that's how we know the presence or existence of Atma. And that's what creates in us a very desire to know the Atma. Because Atma is manifest, it's experienced that way. Atma which is immortal cannot be become the object of experience, any the sense organs of the mind. For on account of the Atma manifesting through his body, it becomes a object of our experience. No doubt, as Aham, as I, 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 the Atma becomes the object of experience, is true that is not the experience of Atma as Atma is. Even though Atma is immortal, we feel that I am mortal. Even though Atma is limitless, I feel that I am limited too. In any case, it is a body, this body, not a table or chair, not something that is uh, insentient. The body, the sentient body, is a seed of manifestation of Atma. So someday a desire can arise, what's the nature of the self? Who am I? So this question can arise, provided that I is being experienced. It is a object of experience. That's the only way that even the desire to know the Atma can arise. Something that is not experienced, that cannot be desired to know it. Something is experienced, but not quite known or understood, there can be desire, jignasa. What is known, samanyata generally, but not Visheshada particularly. For that, there can be the desire, jignasa, the desire to know. There cannot be desire to know something which is not experienced at all, or which there is no general experience also, there cannot be desire to know. One must have known it in a general, some way that it exists. So is Timbukitu provide a hard name, Timbukitu, and know it is a place. Then they can desire, where is it? So similarly, 
how Ishvara created the whole universe and created this body and created the sense organs, created mind, created the whole infrastructure. Everything is ready for the entry and manifestation of Atma. <coughs> so then Atma says that if I do not enter here, this will all remain meaningless. This body, sense organs, whole infrastructure, including the, the objects, the vishaya, the universe is created. What purpose will it serve if I am not there? Therefore, he enters. <coughs> so this sole purpose, that someday there can be a desire to know the self. In which case, the self can be known. Meaning that the self of the Atma can be known only in this body. And that too in the human body. In the human mind basically I should say. But then the human body contains a human mind which has the potential of even knowing the Atma. Even though Atma is immortal, even though Atma whatever it is, limitless, and the mind is limited still, that limited mind has the potential of knowing the self that is limitless. <coughs> so in that sense, it's a great blessing. This insignificant body, in this time the seed of manifestation of the Atma that is limitless. <coughs> Atvai sasariraha priya priya Unfortunately what happens is that when the Atma manifests here, habitually also there is the identification with the body. <coughs> so habitually it becomes sasariraha, Atma as though it becomes embodied. Meaning the Tadatma or identification in the body is habitual is the result of ignorance and therefore sasariraha, embodied, meaning that one takes oneself to be embodied. Not that Atma becomes embodied, not because body has no connection with Atma at all. Even though Atma manifests here in the body, there is no connection between the two. There is no relation between the two also. And therefore, so, uh, Mano-buddhyaṅkāra-cittāyaṅ, I am not the mind, I am not the sense organs, I am not the body. And even though it is no connection, whatever, it is still the seed of manifestation. And that being the case, there is a habitual identification with the body. And therefore, ātmā, who is asharīraha, who is unembodied, takes himself to be sasharīraha. I am embodied, I am possessed of body, sasharīraha. Sharīraha sahavartate ini sasharīraha. One who possesses the body. Not only I am possessing the body, I am the body. <coughs> Therefore, this is the kind of notion or the complex or the delusion that arises in Atma. So therefore, priya priya bhyam atraha, naturally the body is always in the days of, jaws of death. 
and the death constantly manifests priya and apriya. We said that atam vayam, so atam dhuttina shariram. Body is always held or grasped by death. The death itself constantly manifests as priya and apriya. The pleasant and unpleasant, all these pairs of opposites, the soul is constantly bombarded. The shariram is constantly attacked or bombarded by these pairs of opposites. If it is one kind of thing, then the body can get used to it. All the time unpleasant, you know, then body may get used to it. All the time uh, dishonor, all the time something happens, okay, but then now honor and then dishonor, that's where the problem is. There is a wear sound of the person. Person gets worn out. Because there is unhappiness, uh, there is elation, harsha is there, and then right away there is shoka of the grief. <coughs> so this is the death. Atvavai sashalira priya priya bhyam. That it is under the grasp of death means that it is constant under the grasp of or subject to being attacked or afflicted by the priya and apriya, the pairs of opposites. <coughs> Navai sashayasya sataha priya priya ho apahati hasti. As long as one looks upon oneself as embodied, which notion arises from the identification of the body. As long as that is there, priya priya ho apahati nasti. Apahati, elimination, destruction of the pairs of opposition means impact. There cannot be elimination of the impact on the priya-priya, the pairs of opposites. The priya and apriya will always remain because they are the nature. That's what the universe is made of. The universe is made up of this dvandva of pairs of opposites. Therefore, it will always present itself either as priya or apriya. But then, they need not affect me but I become a factor inflicted by them as long as I am identified with the body. <coughs> so the only way to become free from samsara is asariram bhava santam. So cause of samsara also is told here and the solution also is told. What's the cause of samsara? What is samsara? So priya priyayo so, what is it? Priya Priya Atattvam, Priya Priya Bham, Bhyam Atattvam, under the grasp of the jaws of Priya and Priya is samsara. And what is moksha? Priya Priya Apahati, elimination of the Priya and Priya is the simple definition here. So, what is samsara? Being constantly afflicted by the pairs of opposites. And what is freedom? being free from that in effect influence. <coughs> so therefore, sa-sharīraha is a samsāri, a-sharīraha is a samsāri. The one who looks upon oneself embodied, which notion arises from the identification of the body, is samsāri. And one who knows himself a-sharīraha, which arises from a viveka or discrimination between the body and the self, he is liberated. 
So this is something very important. This is Vedanta's diagnosis. And at the same time also the, uh, the prescription, the diagnosis of the samsara and of the bhavaroga, of the disease of samsara and the prescription, the treatment for becoming free from samsara, the prescription. <coughs> Yen Bhagavan Yen Manyase Akshadhara Lakshana. So the thing is that the Bhashya has to be in keeping with the Purva and Apara, what is preceded and what follows. See, as much as Indra thought that the Atma is mortal, the Atma in deep sleep is mortal. So question of this Martyatvam comes. Because Indra said that this prajnaya, the sushupta, vinasam eva apito bhavati. Sir, I find that the atma, the sleeper, is, it comes to vinasa, comes to destruction, comes to death. I find that the atma in the deep sleep is mortal. So that is the thread that Prajavati picks up. Indra's problem is, so, nahamatra bhogyam pasyami, I do not see any benefit because atma is mortal. So, knowing atma suggests that is not going to give me any benefit. So, then the, the point is, when Indra says atma is mortal, is it because atma is mortal or is there some reason why Indra thinks that Atma is... So is there some reason why Indra comes to this conclusion that Atma is mortal? Is Atma really mortal? If not, then what's the reason why Indra has this perception or delusion that Atma is mortal? Why? Both the things must be told. Is Atma mortal? If not, why does one think it is mortal? See, this is the uniqueness of Vedanta. It also explains the reason why we feel the way we feel. So, yet manya se akshyadharadi lakshana sumprasalakshana atmamayavta vinasamayavapita bhavadeti Now, Prajapati said all along, etantvayavak Anu Vyakhyasyami. So I am going to tell you about the same entity. <coughs> what I say about the Akshyadhara Purusha, the Purusha in the eyes, which again was said, Vedantve Vedanu Vyakhyasyami, which was said again as a dreamer, which again was told in the sleeper, that Atma. So Prajapati is only talking about one Atma, not three Atmas. Because in each case there was clarification. Etam tvevate anu vyakhyasyami. I'm going to tell you about the same entity. So when Indra says that I find that the sleeper atma, atma the sleeper is mortal, means atma is mortal. So what is the reason why Indra has come to this conclusion? So, Atma Mayokta Vyanasame Apidavati Hiti Manyase. Did you believe that Atma comes to death? Sunatatra Karanam. 
Tatra means where? In Indra's manyata. <coughs> so, karanam is what? So, the notion that Indra has that the Atma is mortal, see, understand the reason why you think Atma is mortal. Yadidam shariram vipattar padyat pashyari tadetan martyam vinasi. So certainly Bhagavan, something is mortal. But not what you think. Yadidam shariram pashyasi, this body that you see, that you experience, Tadyedat martyam vinasi. It is a body that is mortal. The body that you see, that you experience is mortal. So this is enough. This was additional. Atnam rutyana, that is an additional thing. But basically, it is a body that is mortal and you think that atma is mortal. Why is it? Because sashaira. <coughs> then again, Teacher said, Tatchatam Dutyana Grastam Satadameva. Not only body is subject to death, someday body is constantly dying. It is constantly under the grasp or grip of the jaws of death. So when you say the body is mortal, meaning it is already pervaded by mortality. Meaning that it is never free from mortality because body is mortal. So, mrityam iti etavataya mṛtyu vyāptatve shariyasya siddhe. When you say that the body is mortal, meaning it is never free from immortal, never free from mortality, it is mortal, subject to death. Then, kim iti attam mṛtyuna, then why is it said further that it is under the jaws of death? It is mortal, it is going to die. Then why do you say that it is held or grasped by death? Looks like Pundaruchade, what's the reason why I'm saying it again? When you say that it is mortal, subject to death, it's going to die. Then why do you say that it is held by the death? Tatraha, then Bhashyakara says, Kadachidevayati. Page 402. Kadachidevam Briate. Itimatyam. Visheshaha ityuchade atam brutuna ide.
Kadachidevamriyate, when you say the body is mortal, it is going to die. It will die sometime. Jatasyavai drovamrityu, death is certain for the one that is born, and the body is born, so it will die. Okay, it will die. So Kadachidevamriyate di martyam. When you say the body is subject to death, then the idea that we get is that someday it will die. Okay. Natathasantrasobhavadi. That doesn't create much fear. We'll see. We'll cross the bridge when we come to that. Something like that, you know. So that's how we generally postpone. We know that everybody dies and some, whoever is born is going to die. But still, I think it all applies to somebody else. Never. I do not somehow... This statement also does not create any kind of a fear <coughs> or anxiety or concern in me, usually. That someday it will happen, we will see. That day is far away. And there was santrasam, that fear or anxiety or the concern is not created simply by knowing that the body is mortal. You know, gastameva sada, vyaptameva mrutyanayati but not only it is going to die someday, it is under the jaws of death, it can die any moment, understand? Because not that death, you know, someday the body will, it's always held by death, under jaws of death, so it can die any moment. Then you become alert, wait a minute, I can die any moment. And so, that and the anxiety or the fear or the concern that arises is different. Idi vairagyatam vishesha uchyade. Vishesha. This specific, this additional qualification. What is the additional qualification? It is always held by death. So, mortal it remains. Meaning that it is mortal. But further qualification is that it is always under the jaws of death. Then about mortality also, the more specific thing is being told. So more peculiarity or uniqueness about mortality is that it is constantly under that jaws of death. <laughs> and so it creates fear. For what reason? Vairagyasam. For creating Vairagya for this body. He says, hey, you can't hold on to this. It's not going to be with you all the time. And therefore, whatever time you be, use it best. And so, jukala kare, vaj kare, lijaj kare, vabha kare, what are you going to do tomorrow, do it today, what is it doing today, do now, etc. Don't postpone anything. Janma nuttu jarab vyadi dukha dosham dasharam. That's why Lord Krishna and the Bhagavad Gita provide, gives you the value. Janma nuttu jarab vyadi dukha dosham anudarsharam. Anudarshanam being constantly aware that life is full of misery. Then Lord Krishna points out to misery. Life is full of misery. Janma, mrityu, jara, vyadi. Janma also is painful. Mrityu also is painful. Old age also is painful. Vyadi is and disease also is all painful. Understand that life is constantly characterized by either Janma or Mrityu or old age or death or something, this is something always there. 
And they were that misery or the pain is constantly there. And they were anudarshanam. See constantly how you are suffering from this. So don't overlook that. That also provides value so that when one, one realizes that it's not worth having this body again. I don't, I don't want to go through it again. So sometimes the kind of pain that we are experiencing in life, we get so used to it that it doesn't seem to affect us. Swami, I am always happy, you know, it's all right, good. And the Swami used to say, hey, this one, I have no problem. So that's the problem that you don't recognize as a problem. And so Lord Krishna says, there is a problem. You are happy, all right, but realize that constantly there is pain and suffering going on in the life. And if you don't do something about it, then you'll get the same, you need to go through it again and again and again. Do you want to? So when we recognize the pain and suffering and the involved in life, then we say, no, I don't want this again. Otherwise, it's okay. What's wrong with this? I don't see any reason why I should not be born. Some people say, what's wrong with being born? Why do we define moksha as freedom from the cycle of birth and death? I see nothing wrong in being born. So then it's been pointed out. Birth means dukkha. Meaning that the life in this world for any living being, not a human being, is only pervaded by dukkha. <coughs> dukkha or suffering is the predominant aspect of an ignorant person, put it this way, of an aviveki, of a non-discriminating person, who has a strong identification not only with the body, etc., but who thinks that whatever desires arise in the mind, they should be fulfilled. And one who is therefore dictated by the mind, and who goes on submitting himself to the dictates of the mind, and keeps on trying to appease the mind, because the mind is a nuisance. This mind becomes a nuisance to the person. I want this, I want this. All kinds of... Kama, then Krodha and love, all kinds of things it comes up with. And so you just want to avoid it and get, you know, therefore, okay. So you appease the mind, all right, have it. You want this, take it. Don't bother me. Want this, take it. Don't bother me. Sometimes children also become so, you know, difficult that, okay, take it. Get get away from me. Don't bother me. So that's usually our response to situation, don't bother me. It will bother you, so then you have to pay the price, you appease that thing, so it doesn't bother you. So mind keeps on bothering, and you keep on appeasing, keep on fulfilling the requirements and desires, and it wants more, and you keep on fulfilling. So recognize all this is happening, all this is suffering, all this is uh, dependence, all this helplessness that you are helpless with the reference to your own mind. You are constantly being dictated by the mind. Make a note of this. They want us to make a note of this. Not that they want to say something negative about the life <coughs> or want to sap away the enthusiasm of living life. Not so. But be realistic about life. Understand what life is for what it is. 
So don't ignore something nor superimpose something. We are not saying that you superimpose heart suffering where it is not. We recognize that it is constant suffering. So Panchadashi says the very duality means dukkha. The fact that I look upon myself as a bhokta is an experience that is enjoyed, that itself is dukkha. Although I think that I am enjoying, but you are enjoying, but that enjoyment is so insignificant that it's at the cost of the limitless enjoyment that you could have had. It is an opportunity cost every moment I am missing out. So this, this realities of life are brought to our attention. That's basically what it is. <coughs> so Vashyakara says, it is Vairagyartam Vishesha Uchchare. This Vishesha, that Martyamva Yadam Shariram, then Atyamva Atyam Mrityuna. When it said that, that mortality, some specific aspect of mortality. That mortality does not mean that you will die someday, it also means that it is constantly under the grasp of death, it is dying constantly and it can die any time also. Is Vairagyartam. So that's all. It's by the way, it's prasangi. So, says uh, the Tika on the line 20, Atra prasangat atyanda veeragyatam sarirasya sadam mrutya grastatvam Atra prasangat. So, Shruti finds the prasanga, finds the vocation. So, this is the, the thing. So when the occasion comes, then you say that thing. It may not be necessarily a part of the mainstream thing. It may not form the part of the main topic that you are discussing. But sometimes there will be digression. When the digression is helpful. So digression, Shruti, your Shastra cannot have. Even teacher, nobody should have digression because it distracts the mind of the student. But then sometimes you do the digression also when you want to show some specific aspects. So you are traveling to Gangotri, so that's the main thing. On the way you just take them out, look at this mountain, look at that mountain, look at this one, etc. So to also point out some additional beauty because he is going to go to you see the beauty in the world. Look at this beauty. So whole discussion is for moksha. And therefore Vairag is something that is very important or very useful in the pursuit of moksha. Therefore, the occasion has come when this value can be brought to the attention. <coughs> so therefore, you can talk about the prasangika things the incidental things in your discourse, provided there is a relevance, provided it contributes something to understand the student, or it contributes something to the preparedness of the student, etc. Atra prasangat atyanda vairagyasam. Vairagya, because when you say mortal, already there is vairagya, atyanda vairagyasam, atam rutyana. That body is constantly under the jaws of death, that is why it is atta 
मृत्युमिधि उक्ते कदाचिदेव मेरे
So there is a crocodile there, and you think it's a log of wood. You, you grasp it and want to cross, it takes you in the middle and swallows you. So body is like that. Therefore, don't depend upon the body. Don't think that the body will take you. And therefore, become detached from the body. It is attachment with the body that is creating all these problems. It is causing in you this notion that I am mortal, because all the fear in you, and never, so therefore, how to become detached? Because it's such an attachment for the body. It's very natural because I've always been equating my existence with the existence of the body. My well-being is the well-being of the body. And therefore, dehe nashteham nashteha pushteham pushteha. If they have pushed her, if the day is healthy, then I am healthy, I am happy. If the day is nashtaya, I am no more there. This equating the atma with the body, equating myself with the body, and looking at my being, my well-being as the well-being of the body is looked upon as my well-being. The existence of the body is looked upon as my existence. This is just habitual, isn't it? You know, there. And therefore it may be easier to become detached from many things, but then to be detached from the body is extremely difficult. <coughs> and detached from the body doesn't mean hating the body or, or ignoring the body or being, you know, indifferent to the body, or not taking care of it. That's not the point. You can take care of the body and still be objective. So the point is being objective. Vairagya or Swami would say is being objective. Vairagya should not involve any kind of a hatred or any kind of a, you know, so aversion. Just being objective. Meaning, understanding a thing for what it is. Understanding body for what it is. It's an extremely valuable asset to have. So utilize it for the waste purpose. Therefore, do not abuse the body. Don't use the body for, you know, bhoga. It's meant for yoga. Otherwise, we are destroying the body by misusing or abusing the body for the purpose for which it is not meant. Then it's it's like killing the body. That's called the so yeki atmahanojana. Hirasti atmana atmanam. So Bhaskara says that this ignorant person constantly keeps on hurting himself. Which self not only hurts the Satchidananda Atma by constantly insulting and saying that I am Dukhi, etc. And then even though the Anand Swarup Atma is there, it always is begging for happiness from some other place. So there is of course the insult and therefore the injury to Atma. But the body that is called the Atma also is constantly injured or abused by being utilized for bhoga instead of yoga. And so, this is dharma sadhana. Sharira madhyam, khalu dharma sadhana, sadhana for dharma. And sadhana for moksha. And use as sadhana for kama and artha. So that is the misuse and abuse of the body. So that is being objective with the body. That this is body. And it is true that I, this is in the dharma, adhyam dharma sadhana is a primary means for any dharma or anything that I want to achieve. 
and then only moksha deserves to be the goal of my life and not dharma as a kama. So body is of course utilized for fulfilling the purpose of life, but then as long as purpose is dharma as a kama, the body becomes means of attaining those things. But that moksha is the true purpose of life. And therefore, the body should become the means of moksha. In whatever manner. So therefore, you certainly keep the body in good order. So that it cooperates with you in your pursuit of moksha, in pursuit of knowledge, in pursuit of worship, bhakti, whatever you want to do. For that, the body should support you. So that that is the objectivity. That body is an instrument, an important instrument. And this, so Vairagya does not mean aversion for the body. In the olden days, because the Swamis come and say, you are not the body. So people, you know, that there was somebody, somebody who took it so, in such a manner that this lady, you know, she was sick and then they would not take medicine. I am not the body. So what? You are not the body. What does it mean? So people misunderstand this. Vairagya means what? I am not the body. Why should I worry about the body? That's not the point. That body is an instrument. You are not the body. You own the car also. That doesn't mean that you don't take care of your car. I mean, you, uh, you, you get it, uh, you know, check every now and then, overhaul it. Whatever is to be done, <coughs> keep it in good condition, keep it tuned up. Similarly, body also is kept tuned up. But then, still being objective, not taking, not identifying, not equating oneself with the body. That body is mortal, subject to death and old age and disease and this will happen to the body regardless of what you do. So we prepare for that and we object to the wrong right? body is now old. It has got this disease. It has this, then and what not, okay? It's the nature of body. So Vairagya means that you don't equate yourself with that and so I am miserable now, what will happen to me? So both ways. So body is valued because it is the valuable instrument in pursuit of our goal. At the same time, body is body, and therefore it will have its own uh, changes and modifications, and then you have to be objective. Then you can't keep on crying and weeping and, you know, worrying inside. Okay, that's what it is going to happen. So, in that way, the body does not always become the cause of concern. Otherwise, it will occupy the mind all the time. And when the body occupies the mind, then Bhagavan cannot occupy the mind. That There can't be two things at the same time. So, constantly thinks of body. His calories and vitamins and proteins and all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, so how many steps you are walking, all, all the time, same thing is going on. So that way, then you keep on counting steps. You cannot counting how many names, Bhagavan name you have, that you don't count. So that is how. Therefore, so neither more or less. Objectivity means giving, looking upon thing or understanding or what it is. The Swami used to say, don't say money is nothing. You know, money is something. But money is not everything also. Some people are money is everything. That's also a problem. Money is nothing. That also is a problem. Money is money and it has its role to play in your life. This body also, everything has its role to play in your life. Recognize the role. 
and you have healthy relationship with that and then use it that way. <coughs> it's an asset given to us. Body is a great asset given to us, so we should take care of it and utilize it for the purpose for which it is meant. <coughs> but here it is santrasa. So somehow I want to create in, in us a fear and anxiety and concern and like an emergency, so wait a minute, this is a critical thing and we have to do something about it. So that's the idea. <coughs> So Murtyana iti Ukta Vairagyamana Katan Nama iti So Katan Nama Dhyavimanataha Viraktasan Nivartetai So Abhimanataha Nivartetai iti How will one desist from the Abhimana or identification of the body? Quranic says Nivartane Visheshvachanam Falot iti Sheshaha Iti Nivartane Visheshivachanam. In that manner, the Visheshivachanam. This additional qualification that Atam Rutyana is Phalavat is meaningful for Nivartanam, for desisting from the identification of the body. For that, so that's the purpose, this additional qualification stand of preserves here. Sattadasya, Amrutasya, Asharirasya, Atmana, Adhishthanam. Now Vashyakara proceeds to explain that part. <coughs> so, Atam Madhavan, Mardyam Vayadam Shairam, Atam Rutyana. This is been explained. Now, Sattadasya, Amrutasya, Asharirasya, Atmana, Adhishthanam. So then, <coughs> Shairimiti Atrayini. Says the Tika in the line twenty-three or twenty-two, Sapne Sthulsriya Atmani Vinasharvidasankya. So usually when you use the word Sharira, you understand the gross body. So Magvan Martyam Vaidam Shariram. He Bhagavan, this body is Martyam, mortal. So what you normally understand is that by our Sharira we understand Shirivanatva Shariram, that is gross body is mortal. That's what the teacher is saying. But now understand that Prajapati is seeking to make Indra understand the reason why he thought that Atma is mortal. Then because the body is mortal, therefore Atma, therefore the notion of the Atma being mortal arises. The notion that Atma is mortal arises in fact because it is body that is mortal. <coughs> and then in dream and deep sleep, so Sayyidati Gaswapne, Sthula Sayyidati Abhavevi, Atmani, Vinasya Pratiri Abhavena. But now, 
in the waking state is very clear that the body is mortal, that the body is not there, so, all right, I am not there. It's, it's easy to say. The deep sleep state also, somehow you could see the, that the atma is mortal. So if the body is taken to be atma, then waking state, one to place to the atma as mortal, I am mortal. In the deep sleep state, the Atma's existence was equated with the Visheshajnana. The deep sleep state, because Visheshajnana is not there, I am so and so, that specific knowledge is not there. And therefore the knowledge about awareness of other things also is not there, so that is equated with death. So, the Indra's conclusion that the Atma is mortal, is that the existence of Atma is equated to the Visheshajnana. What is Visheshajnana? I am so and so. Means I am there only when I have the... How do I know that I am? I know that I am only when I am so and so. And that is not there in the deep sleep state, therefore I am not there. So existence of Atma is equated to the existence of the Visheshajnana or oneself, Ahankara and so and so. <coughs> now how about, the, how about the dream state? If Atma is mortal then the dream state also it should be mortal. But dream state is not mortal. Such as Swapnes, Thur Shadir Abhavi. So if the gross body is the reason for the mortality of Atma, in the dream state, the gross body is not there. Therefore, the Atma was immortal. The presence of the gross body is presence of Atma. Absence of gross body is absence of Atma. So, Swapna is through Sharir Abhavapi. Even though in the dream, the gross body is not there, then the Atma also should not have been there if gross body is Atma. Understand? Atmani, Vyanasa, Pratiti, Abhavena, but in the dream state we do not find that Atma is destroyed or Atma, Atma is still there. So even though gross body is not there, Atma is still there. And still the idea is Atma is mortal. Therefore, Natan Martyatpeva, Atmani, Vyanasa, Aropaha. Therefore, Atmani, Vyanasa, Aropaha. The Aropa superimposition that Atma is mortal. So, so Martyam Vayadam Shariram, this body is mortal, and Indra you think that Atma is mortal. But Indra may say that the gross body is, is mortal, so gross, the mortality of gross body can become the cause of my believing that Atma is mortal, but in dream state that gross body is not that. And how is Atma still mortal? So you understand this? If the cross body is mortal that everybody sees, and Indra may say that my conclusion that the Atma is mortal is because the gross body is mortal, and by taking gross body to be myself, I come to this wrong conclusion that Atma is mortal. But the dream state that gross body is not there. So therefore the identification of the gross body is not there in dream state. And still how the Atma is still mortal in the dream state also, meaning there is something other than gross body also plays its role in the conclusion that Atma is mortal. <coughs> so, therefore, 
न तन मर्तव्य ने आत्मनी विनाश आरोप आत्मा इज सब्जेक्ट विनाश एंड डिस्ट्रेक्शन इज नॉट ओनली ड्यू टू दिनाश ऑफ द ग्रॉस बॉडी दैट इट मस्ट बी ऑल्सो ड्यू टू समथिंग एल्स इट आशंक अत्र शरीर में अनेन लिंग श्रेण भी गृह्य ॉडीडर so conclusion that i am mortal is contributed by two fellows or two entities one is the gross body as well as the subtle body so not only the identification of the gross body creates the idea that atma is mortal but the identification of the subtle body also contributes in creating the idea that atma is mortal because subtle body also is mortal in the dream What is there is subtle body? So nantiye vaidi, as though they kill him. So looks like in satna the dreamer also, as though looks like he is being killed. So dreamer also is mortal. But then in the dream state the gross body is not there. Then what causes the idea of mortality? The subtle body is there. And the subtle body being mortal, its mortality superimposed on the atma, and one concludes that. अगेन इन ड्रीम ऑल्सो आत्मा इज मॉटल अत्र शरीर लिंग शरीर भी गृह्यवर शरीर ऑल्सो इंक्लूड लिंग शरीर सटल बॉडी सो हाशी शरीर इंद्रिय मनोभे उच्यते और प्रजापति शरीर इट इज स इंद्रिय मनोभि उच्यते सो टीका से तत्र इंद्रिय मनोभि सहित शरीर शरीर में अनेन शब्द उच्यते मीनिंग दैट वेन प्रजापति शरीर प्रजापति मीन्स इंद्रिय मनोभि सहित शरीर द बॉडी अलॉन्ग देंस ऑर्गन ऑफ द माइंड सो दैट इज कॉल्ड शरीर सो इन द Use of the word or the meaning of the word "shiram" is used by Prajapati is not only gross body, but the gross body along with sense organs and mind is what is meant by the word "shiram" by Prajapati. <coughs> so shiram is atra. Atra means what? Siddhangiri. मघवन इत्यादि वाक्यम सप्तमन मर्तिम शरीर सो इन दैट वाक्य दि शरीर मीन्स दि शरीर अलॉन्ग विद दि सेंस ऑर्गन एंड माइंड ओके कंटिन्यू 